0: Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hello, this is Dave Shearer. I'm the host of Refuge Freedom Stories. Today, I'm here with Sarah Campbell, the Executive Director of the Arcade Street Mission. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm very glad to be here with
0: you. I'm really happy we finally nailed this down. Uh, She's a very busy woman and a lot going on every day, all the time. You're a mom, you've got kids, and a husband, and uh, uh, how many hours do you put in here a week, would you say?
2: I have to
1: say it's been a 50-hour work week at least uh, Mm -hmm. since I started in May. There has been no normal time (laughs) since I started at the ARC. Um, You know, I started right in the middle of the COVID period. And so things have been extremely busy here at the Ark. Those who know me know that I am an agent for change. And so there's been a lot of change at the Ark during this period of time. One, due to COVID, and then two, due to the change in leadership. Yes. And so it has been a busy but exciting and wonderful time to see God's love for the people on the streets of London, mm-hmm. God's love for those of us who are serving, and yeah. God's love for the church. So it's been a, a great season of learning and growth.
0: Mm-hmm. So yes, the Arcade, is is it a spiritually-based uh, facility?
1: Yes, Arcade Street Mission has existed for over 30 years. I'm getting close to 40 years, actually, and is a faith-based organization. We are very ecumenical, meaning that we invite people from lots of different faith traditions. So. Uh, Christian, certainly, but you know, we run the gamut. And yes. really, anybody who wants to put their faith into action, mm-hmm. who wants to serve and love people, are welcome here. You don't have to be a Christian to support uh, yes. the Ark and to come and serve. However, we do have an element. We have a Sunday Connect where there's kind of a church service or a way yes. for people to have that Christian influence. We pray for people, mm-hmm. we offer spiritual support and guidance daily to both our volunteers, staff, and the people who come to the Ark, but it's basically the philosophy is do until asked, which just means love on people until Mm -hmm. they ask what's the difference. And what we find is that people are asking and they're asking big questions in their lives and they're happy to hear about God and his love for them. Mm -hmm. Once they've experienced some kindness, some love, some genuine relationship, Mm -hmm. which is where we begin here at the Ark.
0: Well, we're on the same plane here with that. Uh, this is called Refuge Freedom Story, so it's about our story, and it's nice to know about the ARC and your involvement here. What, what You know, maybe we could talk about you a little bit. Is that okay?
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: yeah, so uh, before the ARC, you were with London Housing?
1: That's right. So I've actually had a 20-year career all in social services. Mm. I started with Family and Children's Services. From there, started working in women's work. I worked in women's shelters. I worked in employment and with the ODSP and Ontario mm-hmm. Works, the employment side of things. Then I went back to school after having my fourth child and finished my degree and got the post-degree certificate for uh, leadership. From there, I started working in healthcare care with mm-hmm. VON. And then with meals on wheels. So I've had a lot of wow. varied experiences and most recently with Lena Middlesex Housing. And then here at the
0: ARC. Well, what is it, what is it that inspires you to get be involved with uh, social work? Does that come down to your faith or your beliefs?
1: Absolutely. I guess everybody has sort of a life mission statement, I mm-hmm. think. And you know, you'll be able to tell that one of your previous interviewees, Johnny, yes. and myself, were siblings. So Johnny's mm-hmm. my brother and He works here at the Ark as well. And we were raised by the same parents. And these parents taught us that if you're not living for something, Mm -hmm. you'll fall for anything. Ah. And so we were were encouraged to have a a life mission statement. You know, right from my early mid-teen years, I knew that God had uniquely designed me to have a heart that saw people for Mm -hmm. who they were, loved people regardless of their backgrounds, and that he had given me a voice to speak on behalf of others or to bolster their voice when they felt unheard. And so my very first job actually was with people with intellectual disabilities, people who couldn't really speak for themselves. And I just enjoyed so much in that first job treating people with dignity and Mm -hmm. kindness and love, people who couldn't even verbalize back necessarily what they were going through or what they needed. But in those unspoken ways, relationship was built and I knew from that experience, like, God has a unique way of loving each one of us and and love these people uh, that, that I was working with at that time. And that continues to be a trend. Wherever I've worked, I have found relationship and equality with the people that I'm serving, that mm-hmm. base value of humanity between us, so that it's not what can I do for you, but how together can we move forward with whatever it is that people are wanting to accomplish also how can I learn from you yeah and I have learned from so many of the people that I've had the privilege to to work with
0: that's awesome I mean so many times we have expectations in in our lives you know for ourselves for others and there's sort of a system we have for either we're going to help or we're going to get help or but I like I like the way you're looking at it because uh I can relate to that. Uh, learned so much, so many times from so many people. I feel like I'm going to be learning uh, for the rest of my life, and it, it comes out of the, the places sometimes you would least expect.
1: That's right, and I think that you know, back to our faith, like Jesus was the great example mm. of lifting people up. Even though he was God in the flesh, he he always treated people with the most amazing dignity, and especially folks that the society of the day was willing to disregard, mm. whether it be women, children, people who with illnesses, you know, throughout the Bible we hear of Jesus interacting with the those people, mm-hmm. the other, the, the you know, and I think in today's society and with the political environment that we're in and the the economic pressures that our society is gonna be facing, more than ever mm-hmm. it's for us believers to to consider how we might be more like Jesus
2: mm-hmm.
1: in standing beside and and bolstering the voices of those who are often not heard. In fact, a really great guy here in the city, his name's Gil Cleland. He's at Sanctuary. Yes, I know Gil. Yeah, he had just posted this week a really beautiful quote about how the modern-day prophets are from the margins of society, Mm. and how if we listen to people and their stories, that we can actually hear echoes of Jesus and his philosophies in those voices, and how powerful that can be. And certainly that's been my experience in the short months I've been here at the Ark, watching people be generous to one another. The kindness and the love that can be shared between people who have so little Mm -hmm. is holy moments between individuals. And it reminds me that Jesus didn't come for the perfect people, which as I tell you a little about my own testimony, that will have more meaning. He came for broken people and we're all broken. And how when we turn to him, he can make our imperfect efforts at loving one another, something so meaningful, the kind of meaningfulness that can transform lives.
0: So, I mean, a lot of times you talked about COVID and everything that's happening, and I've noticed myself personally with a lot of people, it's a time when things like this happen that people who don't believe in God really kind of wish there was a God and start looking for God, and, and I, my experience has been, too, that I found God in the places I would least expect it. I didn't find him in a church. I didn't find him, you know, uh, in the regular places you would think to go and find God, and I found him on the streets, and I found him with the marginalized, and I found him with through, speaking through people and ex, an expression that I would least expect it to come through.
1: Well, this is why, you know, as we've talked, Dave, you know, I've, I've told you I was saved from being saved, you know, mm-hmm. and I think as Refuge Ministries and you're talking about these life changing stories, I think mm-hmm. one of the first things I said to you is, well, I don't know, Dave, if I'm a good example of this, yeah. because I grew up in church. I was a pastor's daughter. I really tried to live my life ticking the boxes, you know, doing the things that I had been taught were right and not not because I thought I was so good, but just I thought that's how you live a good life. You mm-hmm. you do these things. And at some point it became a lot of pressure to be perfect. A lot of pressure to be a great mom, a great wife, a great friend, a great boy, if I could put great in front of everything. Then, then I would be acceptable, right? I'd be living the good life. And if I'm living the good life, it would look good. Mm. And it would feel good. You know, wouldn't I be living in God's abundant blessing all the time? Mm. And my experience has been no that that life, that striving to fulfill what I feel North American evangelical Christianity has painted as the perfect Christian family life led me to a really empty place because Uh it turns out my marriage isn't perfect and my children aren't perfect Mm. and I'm not perfect.
0: Imagine that.
1: Heartbreaking. (laughs) Heartbreaking stuff. But I was saved and I thought, well, to admit that as a Christian that things aren't good Mm -hmm. is the same as saying God's not good. That's how, that's, you know, the flawed thinking that I was going through.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And for a little while, I refused to even call myself a Christian because I just felt, you know, I'm not living in victory. I'm not overcoming a lot of the struggles in life. And, you know, I think to an outsider, they would have been like, what are you talking about? Like, Everything is fine, and everything has been for the most part in my life, but I do think that this is the modern-day emergency that the Christian church is going through. Mm. We're fine. How many people out there listening to this right now are safe at home, under a roof, eating their food, you know, working from home, balancing a bunch of things, maybe feeling a little frayed on Mm -hmm. the edges, but really more or less fine? Fine. But God doesn't want fine for us. Mm -hmm. He wants us to live life and to live it more abundantly. Mm -hmm. He has good gifts for us. And I recall very distinctly one morning getting my kids quaffed out the door, all four of them, one, two, three, four, out you go. Picking up my Starbucks coffee and running around to get to the gym before I then go to work, trying to do all the right things and having a little breakdown in my car and saying, God, like, is this all there is? Is this it? Mm -hmm. Have I done it? Like, this feels empty. And I needed to be saved from the salvation of my childhood, and I needed to get to know Jesus. Mm. And that started for me a season of reading the red words of the Bible. Mm. And really, examining the person of Jesus. And there's lots of books about this. You know, Max Lucado has a great book, The Jesus I Never Knew. Mm-hmm. My dad had introduced me to that a long time ago. And I had read a great book in my early 20s called Dangerous Wonder, another great book about learning and knowing Jesus. But it was in the red words, just reading Jesus's words. Yes, how for those he... that
0: don't know, the red words are in the typically in the Bible are the words, from Jesus Christ,
1: yeah, and you have to buy a special Bible to yeah. get it. I had yeah. to buy one. I was like, I, I had heard this, and yeah. I was like, okay, I don't have a red word Bible, but I got my. I could borrow one.
0: my friend's Bible, and it's all highlighted and everything. It's you can't buy them like that. That would be incredible. They should make them like that. but that that's interesting because it's everybody's own interpretation as well. That has a relationship with God. Some people may have a relationship with God and not be aware of it because God created you. He's around you. He's looking, reaching out to you. We don't find God; He finds us. He's there. Uh-huh. We just realize He's there.
1: That's so true. And he he longs to be in relationship with us. And and I do believe, you know, my my sinner's prayer at four in Sunday school, and those teen experiences with God, those were all real. Mm-hmm. But I think if we stop growing, you know, mm-hmm. that that old adage: if you're not growing, then you're diminishing. Yes, you're retracting, and so. Just like every other area of life, if you don't keep growing in your mm-hmm. faith, you actually can stagnate. Yes, it's. I don't believe I was not saved. Mm-hmm. I just needed to be reconnected with my purpose. Mm-hmm. And so those red words and reading Jesus's actions and words in the Bible and really asking Jesus to change me, help me and, you know... This is really how it's been since I got to the ark. Help me to see people the way you see people, Lord. That has revolutionized my life. Mm. Because when I come into this place, I see souls, not just people. I see hope, not just the death that hangs over some of the lives around me. And I, and by that, I'm talking about the alcohol and drug abuse and, and the hopelessness that people mm. carry. But God has deep hope for us. Mm. And I can see light in people around us. Here at the ark, people who don't yet know Jesus
2: mm-hmm.
1: and When I see that light being reflected back to me is in those kind interactions that Mm -hmm. I was talking to you about. Those prophet-like sayings, Mm -hmm. when people are saying things about purpose Mm -hmm. and their hopes for the future, that's life. Mm -hmm. And that reflects God. Yes. In our space. And so I think that my coming to the ark and and really taking this heart for social work and adding it to ministry has been really a culmination of a lifetime of moving from being a good, saved girl to putting it all on the line and being willing to say, yeah, yeah, I'm one of those people. I'm a Christ follower and I'm willing to put it out front mm. You know, I prayed in every job I've had. I always prayed for the people I was working with. I always had faith in my work. But here, I get to put God first. Mm. And it's a wonderful experience because here, it's not in my own strength, not in my own words. It's out front that I'm counting on God and that we're relying on Him. And yet, the number of times I lead with that on the tip of my tongue is almost zero. It's about the same. Yes. Really. But... I think that acknowledgement, you know, the Bible says, acknowledge God mm-hmm. and he will make your path. Mm-hmm. And I experienced that here at the Ark. Does we it acknowledge.
0: Say in some God. of your ways? All, All of your, your ways. ways.
1: Yes. All of your ways, yes. exactly. And that's just it. And, and, and I do think that this has been a process. And I think not only are we here at the Ark to serve the people on the street, but we're here at the Ark to serve the need of the church to have an expression for social justice. Okay. We're here at the Ark, giving the, the Church of London, Ontario a place mm-hmm. to belong, to be in community with people that God truly loves and cares for, mm-hmm. which is both them and the people we serve, to build a community.
0: I love the interaction. I mean, I've been myself been volunteering here for many years, and uh, I have just enjoyed immensely watching the people come from different groups and churches. I've been with a few of them myself at times, just watching the expressions and and talking to people afterwards that have volunteered to serve a meal Mm -hmm. or whatever it was they were doing at the time, and how they said, that's the first time in years that I've felt God so strong, and I felt it by my interaction with these people. And some of them have such strong faith. And I'm like, yes. Because a lot of times people think, you know, if those people only came to know Jesus, they wouldn't be on the street anymore. This wouldn't be happening for them. Or whatever. And the funny thing is that a lot of them do know Jesus and know him a lot better than a lot of us. Not that there's a way that you can be better or or less better at knowing Jesus, but their faith is so strong. And well, then why is there still addiction in their lives? Because addiction is a disease, you know. Why is there poverty? Because of the addiction. Why is there this? Because of that. There's reasons for everything. And we point the finger, there's there's how many fingers pointing back at us. And let's look at ourselves and say, uh, am I better? No, I'm not. If you take an honest look at yourself, there you are not going to be better than any other person
1: no and and you and i were just speaking a a little while ago about the need for us to recognize that sustaining life whether it's sustaining folks through harm reduction when it comes to drugs and and alcohol or through a meal a daily meal which really just sustains life you know so much of what we do here at the ark is just sustaining life here's a blanket here's some clothes here's some socks here's a meal but really those are the basics People need shelter. They need to belong. They need to have a place to get support. I mean, there's so much more that's needed. And we're doing pieces of that when people are ready. But really, the biggest part of what we do here is sustain life for another day mm-hmm. with that hope that people will find their purpose and find a way of creating that community that we talked about mm-hmm. just now and find meaning in their lives. But this is true not only for people on the street. The very woman that was falling apart in the minivan after dropping kids off to school needed that same hope. Yes. As is needed for, by these folks on the street. And that's what I, I hope your listeners, because it's I know this will be heard by many middle class or upper class Christians who believe that their blessings come from their faith. And I just want to encourage them that, yes, all good things come from God. So absolutely, your station in life is a gift. But just because people don't have that does not mean they don't have other good things from God. In some cases, more meaningful good things. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think you and I are talking about when we say there's people who are living on the streets who are fully fulfilled
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the, the life that they're having and the way that they are interacting with others. And poverty is an affliction, certainly, but it's not the whole story. Yes. They're living God-fearing, beautiful lives of hope and purpose, mm-hmm. and I'm inspired by these people daily. Also, I think that those of us who are living this middle-class life, where we've convinced ourselves that that's all God has for us, mm. He has so much more. Mm. Yes. God wants you to have a future, right? That that Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven, right? That yes. God has a future for each of us, hope mm. and a future. Mm-hmm. And we need to be living in that. That's the kind of prosperity that God really wants for us. And when we have abundance in, in any area, it is an opportunity to give. And I just, I want to encourage your listeners to to receive the abundance of giving.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just wow. find your way, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Because for me, the purpose that I was looking for in my middle-class, wonderful, social-working life
2: mm-hmm
1: came from giving up something that I really cared about in my career with housing and pursuing this ministry opportunity here at The Ark. It's amazing. It's Sarah. been a gift.
0: Um, usually, uh, at one point in the show, I ask people what they would believe a message with someone, some advice. It's funny, this morning I read something on Facebook that said, you know, what's a message I would give myself, my young self? Mm. Um, and that I thought that was very interesting. You sort of already done that, but is there is there another something else you would like to leave behind, uh, or you, a message say you would give yourself or your younger self?
1: Well, I guess sort of two things. God's not finished with you yet, mm-hmm. Sarah. So to myself. Mm-hmm. To your listeners, God is not finished. He's writing a beautiful story in your life and your purpose. If you're 70 or 80 or 90, God's not finished with you yet. As long as we have breath, we have hope. As long as we have breath, we have purpose and we have something to give. And I would tell myself that and I would tell other people that. And I'd like to leave an invitation. Mm-hmm. That if you have been feeling stuck inside and not recognizing the amazingness of God in your own life, you're just feeling a little stagnant, come to the ark. Mm. This is a place of refuge and, and a place of hope for people that includes the volunteers and the people who come to serve mm-hmm. as much as the people who come to participate and engage in the community here. This is a place that you can belong and a place you can feel alive.
0: Absolutely and and I, I wanted to just touch base because we're in the middle of COVID and I wanted everyone to know that at the ARC they are very safe. Social distancing to the max, cleaning, uh, sanitizing and face masks and all of the, the proper procedures even beyond, I would say. There's no more concern here than there would be anywhere else, in my opinion.
1: That's right, and and certainly there's been no cases of COVID in the homeless population that we're aware of at this Mm -hmm. time here in London. One thing is for sure that we are counting on God to continue to protect us, so we are taking those steps and following protocols. Today is an exciting day because we've doubled the size of our dining room by finishing off the floor in an extended part of the arc so Mm -hmm. that we can have dine-in seating, just like restaurants. So those same protocols you go through at the restaurant, that's what we'll be doing here. People will be sitting down. We'll be serving to them. You know, it's going to be very interesting, but folks don't have a place to stay right now. Here in London, we are in a crisis. We were in a crisis before COVID around housing and homelessness. Yes, yes. It's only gotten worse. As long as God gives us the ability, we will continue to serve. Where so many other social agencies in the city have really struggled with the fear of their staff, the fear of their volunteers, the inability to open the doors. And that has meant for the marginalized folks that there's very few options. And, and I'm grateful to God and I'm grateful to the people who are strong and healthy and able to be here that we've been able to keep the doors open, give people the dignity of a restroom, the dignity of food and coffee and a little love. It's been a really wonderful experience. So yeah,
2: awesome.
1: that's what's happening here.
2: Well,
0: thank you so much. Agreeing to speak on the show, I came to you. <laughs> and and um, I just appreciate you and I appreciate everything you're doing here. And so excited about when I heard that and realized that it was you that had taken the position. Um, I was so excited about the future of the ark and this population. And because I know that our, our hearts sort of match up in, in those areas and, and our ideas, ideologies. Mm-hmm. So thank you again, Sarah.
1: Thank happy you. to be here and happy to share with, with you. Thanks for asking.
3: was sitting in my kitchen alone the other night thinking about old time close call in my life through a crack in my past I clearly saw the love of a friend got me through it all a friend is a true friend indeed and it's something that cannot be bought when you're down on your knees a friend is all you need and that's when a little means a love oh, oh, oh that's when a little Now, there's a fine balance to where we all stand right now. The reflection in my mirror could be six feet in the ground. And the man in the mansion could be the man out on the street. The difference, the timing of a heartbeat. A friend in need is a true friend indeed and it's something that cannot be bought. When you're down on your knees, a friend is all you need and that's when a little
0: I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and Podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519 519- 7010108. Your giving makes this work possible and we thank you in advance for your support. That number again is 519-701-0108. God bless you.